Welcome to the last Wednesday of the week, the multi-tool of sports podcasts, where we bring you our highlights of the week in sport, along with some meaty middles. On this week's show, we're looking forward, looking forward to all the things that are happening, not only in the weekend ahead in sport, but also in the months ahead. And Simon tries to convince Ben to watch the Qatar World Cup. Join me, Dan, with Simon on Ben and Ben on this, the last Wednesday. Good evening, gentlemen. We are here once again. It feels like genuine. Some sometimes it feels like ages between weeks, and other times it feels like it was yesterday. This is one of those weeks where it feels like it has been at least seven days. How are you both? I I, I think it's still January, but apparently it's it's April. <laughs> January the forty third. Um, and I think we should do a poll to our listeners to ask if. Dan should record his intros um, because the last few have been so, so bad. Um, no. But maybe we'll put that on a Twitter poll. How, how do you think, Si? If, if it's show of hands. I'm going to go against you here, Ben. I'm, I'm you know, oh, wow. and, I mean, I'm, I'm tantalizing you later, but at the moment I'm currently um, disagreeing with you because I think Dan, you know, this is the first time I've seen Dan just kind of roll in, you know, <sighs> basically roll out of bed, yeah. smash a promo, uh, you know, I thought it was pretty good. Usually we have tears, we have worrying, are people going to like me? All that sort of stuff comes up quite regularly. But this one was really, really good. And I think, Do you know what? Dan, let's just, let's just, just, just be the kind of blase guy. I like it. I think it Do works. you know what? Screw you both. I'm away from my usual desk. I'm also, I might have mentioned it, but, you know, I'm training for a marathon on Sunday. My head's in the game. I've got one track mind at the moment, and that's to the pizza and wine at the end of Sunday. Mm. Before that, there's a marathon, and there is the marathon of your highlights to get through. So let's get into that mm. on this week's show. Um, sexy Sai, let's start with you. Sexy Sai? Am I still Sexy Sai on the Google Doc? That's, what do you mean, exciting. are you still Sexy Sai? You wrote the things. So no, I didn't. Actually, I think Ben mm. may have written that. I mean, right. I, would have, I would have been far more uh, I can see know, who subtle. edits it, by the way, you know. That's how Google Docs Well, you work. should look it up. You, you should can't look hide up. on the internet, Simon. Oh, oh well, <laughs> I regularly do. Um, anyway, <laughs> so um, where should we start, Dan? What would you like me to start with? Uh, tell us the go? brief wrestling reference. Oh, okay. Well, I just want to talk. I, as I said, I don't like to talk about wrestling on this show. There's the, um, the you know, debate about whether it's actually a sport, kind of like Formula One. Is it a sport? Um, so I'm going to keep it very brief. Um, I'm being, feeling, feeling a bit kind of frisky tonight. Right? Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So WrestleMania just happened. Normally a, a one night occasion, but this time was taken over two nights, boys. There's quite a few events going on and, um, in the end, uh, well, the second to last wrestling match of the whole thing was between an ex-NFL punter and a 76-year-old man. Um, so very interesting. Vince McMahon uh, wrestled um, and took what must be the world's worst Stone Cold Stunner. So please, as I don't want to talk too much about it, but please, if you get a chance to watch uh, Vince McMahon getting Stone Cold Stunnered. Stone Cold Stunnered? Stunned Stone Cold by Stunned. Stunnered. Uh, by uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, then please, please do. It was a thing of beauty. Um, I sent it to you both the other day and expect you to have watched it multiple times because it is absolutely beautiful. I, uh, in an alternative universe, have watched it back to back for um, hours. 
Excellent. I expect that kind of in alternative universe, multi-universe, multiverse. Dan, multiverse. I expect I expect that kind of commitment. That's absolutely true. Right, move on, Sai. That was your brief uh, <laughs> wrestling. Uh, I do see you as the Moon Knight of our of our um, of our little cadre. Is that there. all um, we're allowed? All the wrestling we're allowed. I mean, hey, he Simon wrote brief, is, and he. Is, uh, have you he wants to keep the show short tonight, Ben. Got well. Listen, we'll, 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 we've got a lot to we've got a lot to preview. Uh, but are you just basically a you know bona fide AEW fan now? WWE long gone, or or, or yeah. do you still manage to catch a little bit? Is will you watch the WrestleMania on on rerun? No, I don't know. I I have to say it's not really made for people of my age slash cynicism, and therefore I I can't watch it. I find it too too painful to watch these days i'm more of an AEW fan although uh cody rhodes of formerly of AEW fame or formerly of wwe fame as well is back um which is really awkward because he is one of the people that actually founded AEW, uh, along with the young bucks kemi omega and a few others so uh hilariously awkward but he now he's back in wwe and it, you would think it would be a, a wrestling storyline but it's actually real life so um yeah he is cut and run and is now working for Vince McMahon again. There you go. Has that satisfied your ref- wrestling uh, wrestling bones, Ben? Yes. Listen, I, I'm bones. satisfied and fed and excited for the next highlight, Dan. Segway away. Well, um, I haven't got a segue for this one, but let's move into ah. some of your usual suspects, Si. Um, talk to us about the playoff picture for the NBA. What's what's happening across that? Let's just call uh, the NBA Kaiser Sose. <laughs> So you made a reference to the usual suspects. Um, anyway, yeah, thank you. Um, so playoffs, playoffs are upon us in the NBA. They are coming soon. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited. There's a lot going on and there's a lot of teams that could be in any position. So at the moment, the big, big, big news is that the um, uh, Brooklyn Nets are, I mean, they're, they're hanging in there, but they aren't playing particularly well, but they're in the 10th seed. So they are on the verge of possibly going out of the playoffs uh, in the in the play-in stage, which was introduced, I think it was last year, where you have like a one, one-off sudden death match against the, the next worst team, which in this case would be the uh, Hornets. But um, yeah, so I mean, if they get through and they, they would play the Heat in the first round, if they do get through that little mini tournament, uh, and that'd be very interesting as well, because... Um, you know the Brooklyn Nets. They haven't been very good, but maybe there's a chance that they could uh, they could win that. But yeah, they, they've literally lost something like 16 games out of 20. They're on an absolutely horrible run. But speaking of horrible, horrible runs, and yes, this isn't really celebrating the good side of things. This is celebrating the bad side. Um, the LA Lakers. They are in 11th place, and they are basically on the verge of being eliminated and not being in the playoffs at all. So um, a big, big knock for what is effectively one of the teams at the beginning of the year that people thought was going to be one of the favourites. And now, yeah, they're on the verge of going home early. So, yeah, some um, some really, really big news there. But, yeah, there's some just great games to happen. Um, the top of both conferences are really, really steep. Um, the Eastern Conference, um, f- well, five teams are separated by f- four games. So... You know, between now and then, there's only four games left, so it's unlikely that uh, the Celtics are going to drop too low now. But yeah, there's a lot of teams that could play in any order, so uh, get ready for a big um, review at the end of the year, which is I think will be starting next week, lads. So we can have more of a preview of the playoffs then. But yeah, just really exciting 
it's still going but you know there's a lot of chopping and changing right now and um it'd be really exciting when it shakes out what happens when a uh, sort of side the size of the lakers i mean we're talking like they are their own harlem globetrotters in a way they've just amassed assembled this incredible side with wonderful players what happens if they don't make a playoffs is it just you know crack on um i know lebron's got a, a you know a couple more years on his contract and and uh do they do the do, do heads roll? Do we do we see sackings, or is it just okay? That's what happens. Let's just be better next year. Um, a little bit of both, because uh, big market teams never tend to be affected too much. You tend to still have the crowds coming through the door, especially a team like the Lakers. They'll always have the money pouring in. Uh, free agents will always want to go there, and teams will I mean players will always want to be drafted there because it's such a, a historic franchise. But yeah, it's bad because. This year's really saw a, a shift to effectively getting lots of veterans at the expense of all draft capital, of all young players, uh, and it's really not worked. The uh, big trade they had in the offseason was for Russell Westbrook, uh, Ben, you, you know, a, a player formerly of your of your team. Uh, I mean, the triple-double king. He was yeah. he was incredible for a couple of seasons. I mean, literally incredible. And now he, mm. he looks like to be he getting booed and, and a lot of... Um, beef from ex-pundits yeah i mean it doesn't help he was always a bit of a player where he was like especially in, in things like the nba you can you can be an okay player but still put up good stats or you can be like a not a team player and still do really well and the thing with uh westbrook is he, his team was you know relatively successful but they were never world beaters uh, since kd left anyway kevin durant and therefore, it kind of left them in a situation where they, um, yeah, he was picking up big stats, you know, triple doubles every night. Um, but it was it was kind of empty, you know. He wasn't necessarily affecting the result of the game particularly. So, um, yeah, it's really caught up to him this year. Um, you know, he just can't be a bit part player uh, or the bit part player that the Lakers need. But, yeah, this will be a big shock for the Lakers this year and maybe a situation where, uh, a big trade gets pulled off in the off season, or they cut a lot of these aging veterans because they really haven't done it for them this year. I heard well, my last. Reality, I'm coming back with two questions on NBA. I like it. What I a like new it. new sports fan I am. Um, I heard Kevin Durant wanted or asked uh, Oklahoma and um, another team. You'll you'll probably be able to remind me to retire his numbers. Uh, mm. I didn't know players asked for their own numbers to be retired. It sounds a bit. Dickish, if that's the way to sort of pronounce it. I mean, is is that just Kevin Durant or is that a normal kind of way of going around these things? I hadn't heard that. Um, I will little quickly Google it as I stall as I talk to you. Um, but um, it doesn't surprise me. Kevin Durant um, is a, it's a strange character. He had he was caught a couple of years ago with burner accounts so he could argue with people on Twitter, which was very funny. <laughs> and then he got caught kind of red handed. Um Oh, so it's uh, it's his OKC, um, yeah, OKC jersey and his Golden State jersey. So, okay, Golden State, um, yeah. I should really have known that. It's the only other two teams he's played for. Um, but uh, yeah, so he wants those both retired, which he was very successful with Golden State uh, and he was very successful with OKC in terms of statistically. I mean, they never maybe won the big one, but, you know, he was very, very good. He's an amazing player. Not like Russell Westbrook. It's not all stats. He is one of the best scorers of all time. But yeah, maybe a bit dickish. It should really be an honour, if you know what I mean, in terms of a team who wants to honour you and, you know, suggest to you that you are, you know, one of the best players they've ever had and, and they really appreciate your performance. It shouldn't be a situation where the guy just goes, yeah, yeah, just retire my number, please. 
especially in a sport where there are, you know, you get this in American football. It's, it's worse in the NFL, obviously, but in all American sports, where if you start retiring too many numbers, you start running out of numbers. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so because you can't really go into the hundreds. It doesn't really look as good on a, on a shirt or a jersey. Um, so, uh, yeah, not such a big problem. I mean, basketball, you've only got 15 players a year. But, yeah, you know, maybe it's not a case where someone should be demanding um, that their number is retired, especially when he left. He didn't leave OKC necessarily under bad circumstances, but he did leave them. But, you know, he kind of left um, Golden State under a bit of a cloud. So I could understand them not wanting to um, to retire his jersey. Well, thank you, Sai. So from a whole lot happening in uh, NBA to very nearly a whole lot of nothing happening over in Major League Baseball. Uh, But what you've written here is Major League Baseball opening night, which seemed like Mm -hmm. a a bit of an unachievable task just a few weeks ago. Yes, um, definitely so. Um, So um, eventually uh, all was agreed between the MLBPA, I believe, which is their player association, and the MLB, the league themselves, and, and the individual owners um, for a deal. I think I touched on it a few weeks ago. So luckily, that's all sorted. Opening night wasn't affected. And we're kicking off or throwing off or hitting off on the 7th of April. So very, very exciting. Um, I say this every time. I said this with NHL. I'm going to say it with baseball. But I'm going to try and get into it a bit more this year. My Cubs are probably going to be really bad. Um, but I'm really excited. I think there's going to be some um, really, really, really good games being played. As I said the season doesn't look to have been affected particularly. Um, and it's a lot of the, the famous names that are good this year. The Dodgers, apparently, uh, according to CBS uh, power rankings, are the best team in baseball. They're on the verge probably of reaching the playoffs for 10 years in a row. Uh, but the Toronto Blue Jays look good. The Atlanta Braves, which is obviously another favourite team, another successful team. The Chicago White Sox uh, and the Tampa Bay Rays, they make up the top five. Yankees are up there as well. They've got a chance. And the Houston Astros. So some really, really big sides. So, um, yeah, should be really exciting. But the thing is, with baseball, well, same with any sport, really, injuries, lack of form, circumstance, kind of a massive effect. And some of these teams that we think, oh, you know, they're uh, top of the table, uh, in the beginning, doesn't always work out that way. So um, I'm hoping for a little bit of a shake-up and some uh, other teams coming through, like my Cubs. I think they've got some really, really good young players and hopefully they can blood them. And uh, they've just signed a Japanese superstar that I'm really looking forward to watching. So, um, yeah, just really, really excited about the season. Um, Dan, who's your team? Who is your team? You've got to have a team. I don't have one, Si. But with it being on Apple TV, there's there's a reasonable chance that I might catch some of the action with the new shows they've got. uh, Is that going to be played? Is that going to be in this country as well? Because I believe in on Amazon Prime in the US, you can actually watch. Yeah, Apple TV is for the UK as well, as far as I remember. Oh my goodness, game changer! Because the. uh, The Friday night game or something it was called. I can't remember. We talked about it ages ago. Yes, we did. We did. Yeah. Yes, man. It feels like a lot of sports come in tours with a few of these streaming services. Obviously, tennis on the Amazon Prime yeah. has been quite exciting. And I think it's the way it should be. You know, we pay for this content. Uh, we want these uh, big content providers, your Netflixes, Apple TVs, Disney Plus, to get hold of some damn sport um, so we can watch it. I understand that another MLB uh, system is coming in, in, into uh effect this season it's uh the uh old-fashioned finger signals and sign stealing is apparently going to become obsolete 
because teams are going to start using electronic devices that transmit signals from catchers to pitchers. <laughs> uh, now, I mean, how that technology is going to work, I think it's going to be like a little um, band or kind of maybe smartwatch type device on the arm. Uh, but MLB showing signs of new era. Yeah, MLBs, I think, has, has seemingly been at the forefront of, of tech within the stadiums as well, certainly uh, fan side as well. So it seems, yeah, interesting space to do it. It's clearly, um, clearly they're they're a fan of innovation, but uh, they're they're kind of player player. Um, uh, what's the word I'm after? Relationships clearly needed some work. <laughs> Definitely so. Definitely. I, I look forward to see how that technology works, Ben. I'm hoping it's kind of like a McDonald's drive through headset and they just turn around and they go, I'm going to throw the slider. I'm going to throw the slider. See what happens. I think that'd be cool. <laughs> it might right. be. I don't know. I don't know. Thank you very much, Simon. Okay, I've got a couple of uh, highlights uh, and it's, it's a bit mean to call them highlights actually because they're not necessarily from the last week in sport, but they browsing the sporting headlines they did catch my eye today uh, or this week rather so i'm gonna i'm pulling them out today anyway first up is just about the w series so this is the feeder series well, not a feeder series the, one of the support races in formula one so it's female exclusive um single seater formula uh, championship and it follows formula one in uh, many races on the calendar not all of them um but it starts off in miami in may um, and uh, it's wonderful. It's, it's it's great racing to watch. It's uh, great to see the opportunity and the uh, visibility of female racers. There's some incredible talent uh, we've seen come through the, into W Series, but also out of um, that and across into other sports such as Extreme E as well. But my question, Ben, and it won't be really, is do, you, do we think W Series is doing what it's intended to do? Um, now, obviously, we're not talking officially to what its intention was but Jamie Chadwick for example is now going back to defend her title again should she not be in a Formula One seat you know is that was that not the kind of purpose is to you know bring female racers to more prominence you know she's a Williams development driver uh, still I believe um, you know why 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 is she not getting in a Formula One seat I mean, if she had um, as much money as Zoe, she would be. <laughs> That's it, isn't it? I, I it mean, is it's as simple as that. Thing. I actually think the W Series is a bit of a smokescreen. It's a bit of a, um, a bit of a, a virtue, yeah. Well, virtue signalling in a way. It's like they're showing, you know, this thing that, that, that what they're doing is they're promoting um, uh, f- female drivers and female elite motor racing. Well, no, you know, to promote that put a goddamn woman in a Formula One car. Uh, I think Jamie Chadwick is fast enough. Um, yeah. I think we've had a couple of absolute rotters in Formula One over the last few years. Um, real pay drivers. I'm not talking about pay drivers who have had money and been fast. I'm talking about just pure and simple drivers who are not good enough, but they pay their way into Formula One. You're talking about Nikki Tomazepin, I presume. I, I, I don't want to mention Nikki Tomazepin's <laughs> name uh, because... He's Russian, and Russia right now are um, embroiled in war crimes of the most horrific nature. Uh, and I think it's good that we're getting a, a country a worldwide ban on uh, Russian sporting stars, which I believe, um, I'm not talking about tennis today, but Medvedev looks like he won't be playing at Wimbledon uh, as the uh, sanctions increase. But yeah, back in Formula One, I think W Series um, is a bit gimmicky. And that's just not a good thing to say. 
I think it's time to see representation in Formula One, and that is you have to push through uh, a female driver. And Jamie, Jamie Chadwick yeah. just seems like the perfect um, uh, candidate. Yeah. It's it's almost making very visible that kind of um, the, the the glass ceiling, isn't it? Um, well, I mean, I don't think uh, it's a glass ceiling. Because I think before it's a... before W Series followed Formula One, you know. Jamie Chadwick was stalled essentially uh, at whatever level she was before, and now she's stalling at W Series. So it does need that jump, doesn't it? Yeah, um, let's move on from this anyway. We're not getting no, stuck into I, that. I, think, but I, I, I enjoy watching W Series. It's great racing. It's on Channel Four. That's a, I know I can see Simon. That's a whole other argument. But um, I think uh, it's great racing to watch. So anybody that's interested in W Series, I strongly recommend you check it out when you can. So, how popular is the Saudi Arabian uh, Grand Prix? Very. <laughs> it was the most popular. <laughs> and I'm talking about in the W to, series. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, surprisingly, <laughs> they weren't there, so. Uh, yeah, uh, they, they were definitely not there. I think, um, you know, you sort of say this glass ceiling. I think the ceiling in Formula One is just uh, some old white men linking arms to create this kind of uh, blanket over the sport. And we obviously need change, but uh, the W series um has not blown me away and i think that's because of because of how it's being presented and and, and what it is and yeah. Uh, to, be, yeah. to be fair though it's really early days for the series and it is good race and there's some incredible talent in there so you know maybe we'll see see uh people break through into into formula one uh soon um another point so okay. i've got a question so um Obviously, I don't know anything about the times. I don't know anything about anything we were talking about beyond the fact that it's driving cars. Um, is is there a worry? And obviously, it sounds like uh, the lady you mentioned, I can't remember the name of, um, is, uh, is is obviously a dominant champion within that league. Is there a, a worry on their part that they, they want to make sure that there is a true, sure thing before they do it? Because otherwise, it could almost look down upon the W series and maybe pushing someone through too early. Obviously I'm not expecting, um, you know, obviously it usually there's been some absolute garbage drivers that have uh, basically paid for their seats in the past, but is there a, is there a worry on the uh, kind of the board level that if they bring someone through and maybe it doesn't go very well, it'll actually do more damage to the W series than, uh, than anything more progressive. I'd, I'd, uh, yeah, I, I, a good question, but I'd, I'd be very surprised if that was their thinking. I, I suspect Ben's literally more on the money uh, there, uh, unfortunately. Um, I mean, Lewis Hamilton has often said, doesn't he, that he's the he's the last driver essentially to come through without um, big financial backing from grassroots. Grassroots. Sebastian Vettel as well. Um, you know, is is uh, Ma was a librarian, I think, and yeah. Dad worked in a local factory. But they both came through more or less in the same uh, year. Uh, so yeah, I mean, they are maybe the last great you know drivers come through without huge uh, pocketbooks. Yeah. But there's a few. Oscar Piastri is starting to get a bankroll behind him, the young Aussie. Uh, but um, I don't know. I mean, maybe that maybe that day's over. Maybe you have to have money in this world to be in Formula One. Okay. Well, let's move from um, one. You know, what's what's the phases? Fledgling um, sport, uh, such uh, or a Formula rather W Series, through to a brand new box fresh championship coming your way in May. 
Now, this little bit of news is, is probably a couple of weeks old, but actually it, it gripped me so much so I spent a, 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 an amount of time that I'm not willing to admit Googling it <laughs> to make sure it wasn't an April Fool's joke. Um, the e-scooter championship. I, 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 we, I don't know how to respond to that, Daniel. So this is a thing, right? Luca Degrassi is one of the main uh, proponents of this, along with Alex, Alexander Wertz. Now, the initial uh, lineup is um, existing athletes only. So you have to be an athlete in, in whatever country. Um, and the one that caught my mind was Elise Christie. Uh, ben Sai, you, you probably know the name. Short, short, short speed, speed track skating, at least okay. Christie. Yeah, she's uh, you know many golds in the European Championships, and and had some bad breaks literally at the, some of the Olympic events. But she's she's lining up amongst uh, some other people on this uh, lineup, and it is literally e-scooter racing. I mean, these things look pretty neat. They're like Williams Advanced Engineering kind of developed things, and it's kicking off in May in London. Um, and it's a, it's a serious thing and the, the kind of the stuff behind it is all about promoting um, sustainable travel and engaging people from, you know, anyone can get into it because pretty much anyone has an e-scooter these days and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's an actual real thing that's happening. What, what, what was the format? Where do they race? Are we talking city tracks with flame, you know? Uh, alongside uh, what, what what is it barbed yeah, wire yeah so the idea is these are like sort of purpose-built short circuits that um i think the races were something like i can't remember how I, yeah i read enough of it earlier i can't remember but um they uh the idea is that they'll be able to hold it on things like go go-kart tracks and stuff like that um but yeah it's kind of close these things have a, a lean angle of up to 60 degrees um you know they're probably pretty nippy as well they're in full like motorbike get up with helmets on <laughs> honestly i genuinely thought it was a piss take when i first saw it but it's a real thing and i, I don't know maybe it'll be fun to watch i'd prefer it if it was just a normal scooter myself i think that'd be funny <laughs> um, and they had to yeah, propel their just own push leg. It. yeah i'd like it but um dan i thought e-scooters were not legally able to drive on road so how is this going to work how are we going to do this dan well, not on the road, Simon, on, on, on the race course. It's like Formula One cars aren't it's legally allowed on the road, Simon. Yeah, it would. You could pull up, you could pull up to you. You could, but you're not them. legally allowed to drive them. Ah, <laughs> sure. But yeah, anyway, so that's the thing. Uh, you can buy your tickets now um, through their website, and it's at the Printworks in London on Saturday, 14th of May, round one. Uh, and the calendar, Ben, is going to yeah. Switzerland next, <laughs> then Saudi France, Arabia. then Italy, Spain, and then USA. Okay, they're going to the the, the big countries. Um, yeah. I, you know, obviously you've branched out from four wheel to two, but I was expecting MotoGP or some kind of super bikes. Uh, but Dan, no. MotoGP is... gets enough coverage. Okay, true that. True that. Well. All right, uh, let's move on. Ben, what have you got for us? What are your highlights? Listen, I am ditching the tennis uh, <gasps> for one week only. Even though I mentioned about Medvedev earlier, uh, we're going to go. We're going to go football, football, soccer for those of our European fans. Tottenham Hotspur in the Premier League top four. It's been a pretty impressive last few games for Spurs, winning all three since the narrow loss to Manchester United. And quite frankly, they were pretty good in that game as well. Or maybe United were bad. Who knows? Um, but that loss is a distant memory. 
they and to be fair, that win for Man United is seemingly not going to help them at all anyway. Spurs are now in what might look like a two-way battle with Arsenal. The two North London clubs look to be battling for that fourth place spot. Arsenal going down 3-0 to Crystal Palace, surprisingly. But Palace are a good side under old Arsenal captain uh, Patrick Vieira, uh, playing some lovely football this season. Uh, But yeah, Kane is firing Harry Kane. Son looks to be back to his best. And even a few fringe players who, to be honest, haven't had a good, good run at Spurs. They've always bought some players who just haven't haven't delivered what people have expected. Um, an odd club at times, uh, Tottenham Hotspurs, but they've got an incredible stadium, a stunning training facility. They are a team going to the final 10 games of the season in the best form. Um, I'm backing them. I'm backing them for a top four, and it will give Harry Kane something to think about in summer. Stave Champions League football or take one of the possible bids that will come his way, Si. Yeah, and um, interesting enough, because I don't think anyone saw this in, what was it, mid-January, when they, was they lose five on the bounce? Yeah, real bad bad run. You know, I mean, there was talk of, you know, having to find another manager. So, I mean, um, it's one of those situations where, you know, just sometimes keep faith and keep going because, I mean, yeah, they've really turned it around. They, they made some good signings. Kudasevsky's kind of hit the ground running quite quite nicely there as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be all surprised, especially um, Arsenal, you know, surprise loss the other day. Um, so, yeah, I mean, why not really? So, um, yeah, good luck Spurs, but um, also they're playing Villa at the weekend and we have... We've won, we've won our last three games, then we lose our next three games, and now we should be on on a win. So I'm sorry, Tottenham, but according to the consistency of our of our coach Stephen Gerrard, you're, you're losing this weekend. Yeah, I mean, listen, Villa's win three, lose three method is tried, tested, proven mm. at the top mm. flight. Um, so I'd worry if you're a Spurs side, <laughs> but they're going to be coming. They'll, they'll be confident, listen. Um, and this Spurs team, one player, uh, Matt, probably by five one again. Uh, that's what this. That's what they. Uh, uh, one against Newcastle. Matt Doherty getting on the score sheet. They bought him from Wolves. Bit of promise. Uh, I believe it was a Mourinho signing, and he's been he's been uh, pretty shit. He's been pretty woeful since he arrived. Mm. Maybe not fit into the system. Even he now looks like he's back to his best, mm. bombing up and down that right side. So, um, if if that's what Conte can do, if he can get the best out of the players there, because they have got some talent there, no question. And maybe in the summer. If they get top four, they can go into the market and finally replace uh, Loris and maybe find another midfielder alongside Hoiberg. They're a good side. Whether they can, you know, reach Liverpool or, or City, I don't think so, Dan. Well, um, Ben, I'm sorry that I was just looking further down the thread and I missed the end of what you were saying there. Well, that's so, important. Uh, I wasn't I ready did. for you. Basically, uh, you <laughs> amateur, amateur, amateur <laughs> podcaster. Um, I wasn't what... used to you talking for such a short amount of time. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blame game. Uh, nice fallacy. Uh, what I'm saying is I, I moved on to Liverpool and I did my own segue, uh, which goes into Mohamed Salah. I want to have a little quick word Please, about man. King Mo. He's on the cusp of signing a huge long-term contract with Liverpool. The rumours have been circulating, but it looks to be huge. It looks to be a lot of money, uh, maybe a lot of years as well. Liverpool do not play, do not pay players at what the likes of United, Chelsea, City, even Arsenal, Spurs do, um, included. Two hundred thousand a week is the highest pay packet right now at Liverpool. Okay, 
This new contract for Mo Salah looks to be north of 300k, with some sensationalist reports suggesting it's much more, uh, much nearer 400k rather. I'm not convinced by that price for anyone, to be honest. Liverpool don't pay 400k a week for a player. That's not what we do. 200k a week is the most that is Mo Salah, Henderson and Van Dijk at the moment there and thereabouts. Um, but at 300k, sign him up. He's the best right-sided player in the world right now. He is absolutely integral to our success. Liverpool fans want him to stay. Uh, Sai, would would you would you pay three four hundred k? What what I mean? What do you think about that initially? Would I personally pay Mohamed Salah three or four hundred k out of your podcast oh, wage? Obviously, you? Uh, you know how particularly successful I am as a podcaster. So uh, I mean, I'd have a little bit to spare. But no, um. He's, he's absolute quality. You pay him what you want as long as it doesn't literally set a precedent that you can never come back from or, you know, financially undermine you completely. No, he's the best, he's the best player in the league. He's not, as you said, Liverpool aren't, apart from maybe Jordan Henderson, um, aren't mugs are paying people way more than they're worth. But at the same point, yeah, like you said, he's, he's what one of the top scorers in the last five years. Absolute quality. My question to you, though, as a, as a riposte, as it were, um, why would we want to play for the guy for the same team as the guy that basically uh, ripped up his dreams twice in the same year? So uh, Sadio Mane, uh, you know, scored the winning penalty, I believe, in the Africa Cup of Nations, and then uh, was it Salah missed the penalty against um, uh, against Senegal again, and, and Mane scored again. Yeah. Um, to allow uh, Egypt to fail to get into the World Cup, so um, ultimately he can't. He, surely he can't look Mane in the face. He has to go. Well, well, well this this is the thing. <laughs> maybe Mane, maybe Mane does go in summer, not because of any other reason for Salah. Salah isn't that kind of man, I don't believe. Um, but interestingly, at Liverpool, the tradition is when your team qualifies for the World Cup at Liverpool, you have a kind of like World Cup parade, a kind of like congratulations. You go into the World Cup as your team and player. Because obviously, you know, these Premier League squads are all multinational now. Um, and uh, Mane uh, went to Klopp and said, I don't want any celebration uh, because I don't think it's respectful and fair to Salah. I mean, even even that kind of story coming out of Anfield makes you proud of the team. Um, and I think I think there's harmony. I think they I think they play incredible together. I mean, Mane, uh, Salah and Firmino have, have dominated for years now and 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 you know now we've got some wonderful new attacking talent coming through. Obviously, Diogo Jota and um, Luis Diaz. You know there's there's, there's competition for places there. Uh, I think we need to sign Salah absolutely. And I'm going to finish that with one more contract tip. There is a rumor that Jurgen Klopp is in talks himself. So his current contract's due to run until 2024. He might not go past 2024. It's important to say that Jurgen Norbert Klopp, legend he is, if he decides at 2024, that's it, he, he, he'll go. Um, but we're desperate to keep him. And if we can just get 12 more months out of him, if we can squeeze another 12 months out of his talent, um, I'd, I'd be happy. Um, trust me, our listeners uh, will hear about it if and when he does. I mean, we'll have a whole series as a kind of homage to him, won't we? Oh, I mean, it's listen, it's in talks. He can do what he wants at this point, um, and he gets paid handsomely. I'm sure he appreciates your um, your say so on he that. He does, as well. he does. Although tonight it's currently two uh, one, uh, Benfica are back all over Liverpool at the moment. 
Um, so tomorrow, uh, when you're listening to this, time stamped away, Dan, stop me. Okay, let's move on then. <laughs> if you've got any highlights um, to stop Ben waffling, then please let us know through uh, Twitter or Instagram at WednesdayPod on either, or if you just want to let us know what's up and you're enjoying the show, please find us across your favourite podcast platforms, like, star, share, subscribe, all the usual gubbins. It helps us massively. All right, let's move on to our main event. Um, and I believe what's about to happen is Sai is about to convince Ben that watching the um, uh, Qatar World Cup is the right thing to do. So um, at the weekend, it's basically I've put how to tantalise Ben. So usually it's about something else, but this time I'm going to keep it strictly to football. Um, so um, yeah, Qatar World <laughs> Cup coming up to the end of this year, Winter World Cup. Ben has already said how excited he is about the idea of a Winter World Cup halfway through a Premier League season. Um, so, yeah, we've just had the draw. I mean, there are sides yet to yet to be confirmed. Yeah, I think New Zealand have got a playoff against Costa Rica. And, and then, obviously, well-documented Ukraine haven't had their playoff game against Scotland yet because of, uh, because of the war, the invasion. Um, but that's also affected Wales as well. So uh, England's group is a little bit unsettled as well. But, um, I mean, Ben, ultimately, I'm going to read out some games here. Uh, and I'm going to say, I can't believe you don't want to watch this. So I was about to jokingly say Iran versus the USA. But actually, that does sound like an amazing game because that <laughs> is two countries that fucking hate each other. Um, so I'm actually really excited about that one. But um, we've got some others. Um, Saudi Arabia, Poland, Matty Cash, uh, Robert Lewandowski, whoever Saudi Arabia have. Um, you know, you've got Tunisia, Denmark. Uh, oh, Japan versus New Zealand or Costa Rica. Uh, Canada, Morocco. Come on, Ben. I mean, are these games not... This is a wet in your whistle right now. Switzerland, Cameroon. Um, Ghana, South Korea. Come on. Is these this, are games that are really exciting. Is this football teams or is this the Scooter World Championship? <laughs> Maybe a bit of both. Um, so, obviously, I'm being a little bit tongue-in-cheek. Um, a little bit here. Obviously... Uh, I'm going to preface this completely by saying that I am a complete hypocrite. So I've done this a little bit tongue in cheek, but I am totally going to be watching every game. And even though we've talked many, many weeks about morality and sport, I'm totally watching every game. But yeah, there are some particularly meh groups. There's not really a group of death. Um, Spain, Germany probably is the best group really uh, for group of death characteristics. But even then, you know, they've got Japan, and New Zealand or Costa Rica to get through. So, you know, both of those teams are probably making it through the group stages unless something crazy happens. Um, but yeah, I mean, excitingly enough, time difference-wise, I just found out, I didn't realise this, but Qatar's only two hours ahead of us. So it's not going to be like a Japan or China kind of time difference where we'd have to tune in in the middle of the night to watch the games. It's probably not going to affect us that much. So that is a good point. Um also, the possibility, as you flagged up since the other day, we might have a semi-final of Messi versus Ronaldo as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's exciting. I said the groups haven't really jumped out as something I'm particularly fond of. Uh, we had uh, Infantino the other day come out and talk about this being the tournament of you of unity and peace uh, in a country that has massive social division, uh, anti-LGBTQ plus tendencies. 
Um, and he himself was awarded a Medal of Honor by Putin last year, I think, or the year before. So, yeah, interesting kind of person to put up there as your representative um, within, you know, the European and world governing bodies. So, not the best, but I mean, I'm being completely hypocritical. And Ben, I know there's part of you that will weaken. I will work on you day and night. It's not like Saudi Arabian. Uh, Grand Prix, where it's just one race. This is the whole tournament. And if England do well, and let's be honest, group-wise, when you've got uh, one of the home nations, uh, Wales or um, or Scotland, or potentially Ukraine uh, as one of the teams, which, you know, realistically we should win any of those. Um, and the, U- uh, the US and Iran in your group, we have a pretty good chance of winning our group, even in what will probably be very, very strange conditions at a very, very strange time of year. But Ben, I'm I'm we're working on you. It's gonna happen. You are going to it's, fold like a deck of chairs. No, I'm not, and it's it's a tricky one. And uh, you know, listen, I'm I'm a hypocrite as much as the rest of them, and I'm I'm a proud hypocrite at that. Um, but as far as the Qatar World Cup, uh, the Argentina possible Argentina Portuguese final um, frightens me. I'll tell you that right now. Mm. So it frightens me because, say, for instance, it was. Argentina, Portugal, say we had a fit Messi versus a fit Ronaldo in a World Cup final. How could I not watch that? We're talking the end <laughs> of an era. We're talking about um, one of the defining games in history, and it'll be just sod's law if Qatar uh, in winter 2022 managed to host that game. But I don't think they will. I don't think either team is good enough. I think Brazil uh, could field three teams to win this tournament. Um, yeah, you know, Qatar two hours ahead, but 100 years behind. Um, I saw in the paper oh. today, um, you know, a picture of uh, Mohammed bin Salman, a picture of uh, Gianni Infantino and Vladimir Putin in 2018. Um, you know, all of these these corrupt politicians that are shaking each other's hands, uh, you know, all the, while there's war crimes going on, um, and just pull the wool over, over people's face because they have a big sporting event in their country. Yeah, obviously, you know, in terms of what Gareth Southgate said with regard to the LGBTQ community, uh, we're not perfect in this country. There are a lot of, of fans of uh, Premier League sides that uh, are fearful to be honest about their own um, status and and that's not good. But you know, you go into Qatar where that's you know, punishable by death. Um, I'm not on board with that stuff. I, I simply went on board, and I won't be on board. Um, but yeah, if it's Argentina versus Portugal, um, I'll have to have a long, hard look in the mirror. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think the thing is, I'll, I'll never watch a Saudi Arabia race, um, and that was backed up again a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I don't think I'll ever watch a Qatari World Cup until I see actual change. The stadiums themselves, super interesting. I mean, we're talking fully air-conditioned stadiums. Uh, so again, wonderfully eco-friendly. Uh, I'm not on board, Sai. I don't know if you can tell. No. Um, I'm also looking uh, forward to you looking uh, long and hard in the mirror at a TV that is in the reflection. <laughs> so um, really looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. As long Listen, as he's reflecting I, while doing it. I, 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 I am nothing if not a hypocrite, Sai. So Just sobbing into his. Uh, I, think, yeah. I think we all are at heart, and that's okay. and that probably comes across very, very completely to the listener at home that we are all massive hypocrites. 
But I think everyone is, and that's okay. It's okay. I mean, we're not no no one's perfect. And we all have ide- ideas and ideologies that change over time, and that's okay. If if you said to me, uh, it's twenty twenty three. It's it's January February. We're doing this podcast. Um, still getting paid lots of money for it. Uh, if that World Cup had left lasting legacy and actual actionable change in Qatar, I'd hold my hands up and say I was wrong. The tournament did a good job. It's brilliant to see the changes uh, over in, in, in one of the Gulf countries. But at that point, it'll be hindsight. So at this point, eight months out or, or however long, I, I'm, I'm not convinced. But I mean, let's be honest, these, these sporting events are always... Uh, some would say with the best intentions, I as a more cynical person would say that probably is just an amazing excuse to try and bring in more fans from everywhere in the world, um, you know, try and milk as many different cities and whatever. Because, I mean, we look at like, uh, you know, some of the massive Olympics and World Cups and everything with sporting stadiums basically being left to, to you know, vacant to basically fall down on their own. Was it like China? Some of them, those were never used again. And I think Brazil has been the same. Athens, you know, I think really it was bad. Athens, I think, didn't oh, there were some issues with sports stuff afterwards. So, I mean, let's be perfectly honest. It's all well and good that these Olympic committees, these FIFA world bodies, et cetera, et cetera, will start saying these things and start saying, oh, you know, we're, we're, um, we're, we're trying to spread light to the world. We're trying to help, you know, finance everything. But it's not. It's basically who gives them the most money and who can will allow them to rake in the most fans from other places. Uh, and, and that's the be-all and end-all, and that will always be. I mean, let's be honest, the only reason we're having a Qatari World Cup is because they basically paid the most money. I mean, yeah, and obviously, got, they got the most support and the most money. Yeah, of course it was paid for, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. People are in jail because it was paid for. Mm. Um, and obviously, we're only getting the Western media. We're only getting our high and mighty media of other countries, and we're probably wrong, probably wrong about that. Um, but if the reports are true that a thousand migrant workers have died building stadiums, then you know, that's another reason not to to watch. I mean, it's you know, it's not Egypt. We're not building pyramids here. You know, there should be safe environments for workers. And you know, the 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 president, um, uh, prince of the country, has said that Southgate was wrong, and actually the migrant workers have been able to support families and buy houses, and it's put you know good cash injection into the country's economy. So uh, maybe we all need to just read a little bit more on it um, or stick to our accusations. I don't know. I think it's safe to say uh, understanding more is never going to be a bad thing, isn't it? Uh, So, yeah, probably the right thing to do. So, Simon, have you achieved your aim? Um, It's a work in progress. A work in (laughs) progress. Okay, listeners, uh, you uh, heard it here first. Simon will achieve, uh, but not yet. Um, I, that sounds very weird out of context. I would Simon's do, uh, motto for life. <laughs> I would do I would do a Twitter poll, but uh, Elon Musk has, has wrecked that now. So yeah, he's bought Arthur Twitter, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's um, who's Arthur Twitter? I don't know. Arthur Twitter. It's the uh, the sequel to the Christmas film. <laughs> half, to be fair, half of his Twitter, half of well, now his Twitter, half of Twitter is just his tweets, anyway, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's basically investing in himself, which is what we should all do. We're living in Elon's world. That's what it is. All right. Um, let's move on. If you've got thoughts on the Qatar World Cup, then do let us know uh, through uh, Twitter and Instagram at WednesdayPod 
on either. Uh, Simon, Ben, Simon, are you still in like with golf? Yes, I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm going to drop a couple of bets that uh, Ben will guide me in the right direction for uh, by obviously telling me the ones not to bet for. So I'm very excited. So um, yeah, I'm back in like, and it will slowly, it will slowly, you know, become a lot less uh, strong as the year goes on. And then I will rejuvenate next year. All right. Well, Ben, tell us, tell us what's to like. Why is, why is Simon back in like with golf? I I don't think Simon ever fell out of like with golf. Um, I'm excited. It's really a bit of an excited. old. To be fair, like we're we're saying this as if it's an obvious thing to say. It's a bit of an old reference, this, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe we should remind our listeners that this is an uh, old reference. <laughs> something that came back from uh, Simon saying that he doesn't quite love it, but likes it. So he is in like with golf. Mm. Um, maybe uh, maybe you should go to our catalogue, listeners, and find that. Dig out that old uh, episode three. Episode three. It was super early on. <laughs> Episode yeah, three absolutely. of the wow. second trilogy. Yeah, I mean, it was a long time ago. Um, listen, he's going to be in love with golf come Sunday evening. The Masters are back. The glorious Augusta National Park in Georgia. Starting tomorrow, you can tune in and watch the world's best golfers trundle around the world's greatest golf course. It's as simple as that. Uh, just a two-hour drive east of downtown Atlanta. Uh, Augusta is home. Get this, found this out today, to the US National Cyber Security Headquarters. Uh, for, I knew that. That's just for you, Dan, the security aficionado of the group. Uh, <laughs> the tournament is truly glorious. Honestly, it's a beautiful event, the sporting calendar. Um, it's got some iconic holes along with some kind of iconic pageantry, which, which I quite like. And it's also awkward in the same measure with the green jacket. The tournament winner uh, receives a green jacket and is inducted into the Augusta National Club. Um, As this is an invitation-only golf course, we commoners could not roll up there and uh, smash around in our Reebok Classics. No, uh, you'd get chased off the greens. Um, If you you win a green jacket, uh, you become a member for life. And the previous, previous year's winner dons, you know, presents the new winner with the jacket inside the famous butler cabin um in what's always kind of weird and on sunday night if you get a chance to watch it um i mean it may be hideki matsuyama presenting it to himself that's happened before with jack nicklaus and a couple of times with uh woods and faldo but uh yeah it's kind of weirdly awkward and pomp and ceremony and and kind of you know we're used to that in the uk and i think America and certain and sectors are as well. Um, however, you must not wear the jacket outside of Augusta National Grounds. Moreover, you must return it within one year of your victory. Uh, there's a few notable exceptions to this. Gary Player accidentally took his back to South Africa. Um, oh, he said in the spirit of the Masters, he's never uh, worn it. Um, sure. Other prizes you ask, I'm going to give you these prizes. I never heard of these uh, before I read this today. Um, it, important to say, actually, Gary Player is is taking the first tee off, so I guess he's returned his jacket by now. Uh, unless they maybe wouldn't have let him done that, uh, do that. He, he's going to be alongside Tom Watson, Jack Nicklaus for the first uh, sort of ceremonial tee off, which was a bit of a debacle last year. Go back mm. and listen to that episode. Um, well, a massive debacle actually. Uh, but prizes, get ready for this, Sai. A hole-in-one or a double eagle gets you a large crystal bowl. 
the daily lowest, yeah, crystal bolt. The the daily lowest scorer of the four days wins a crystal vase or vase if you're uh, American. Uh, and for each eagle you make at the tournament, bear in mind there's there's a heap of eagles made, like a yeah. lot. Um, you win uh, uh, or receive a pair of crystal goblets. Uh, so listen what's I mean, with the crystal right is there a crystal just, supplier nearby it's just, <laughs> it's, yeah it's it's a show of of opulence and wealth and it's a it's, very niche target market isn't that oh it's 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 terrible and brilliant in the same same sentence it's it's an odd event that's just dripping with money the event itself okay the masses is absolutely fantastic i'm going to talk about a couple of players that are you know Basically, in with a shout, I'll give you a couple of odd sides just so you can, you know, know who to lose some money on. <clears throat> What's bigger news though than the return of the Masters is the return of Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, five-time winner, worldwide sporting superstar, is expected to start tomorrow evening. Only thirteen months since he destroyed his car and badly damaged himself, which I'm pretty sure was only our first or second episode we talked about that. Um, Tiger said he was lucky not to have his leg amputated. A lot of journalists are obviously jumping on that look at the moment. They're building it up, uh, calling it a miracle. I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to sit on the fence. I think driving twice the speed limit um, after a couple of wines is not a miracle. Uh, but anyway, um, I, I nevertheless... Uh, appreciate his immense dedication to get I, again it's probably worth remembering the the niche privileged target market of such an event yeah i, I mean listen <laughs> it's fantastic and, and and maybe he made a mistake we all make mistakes but uh he he's made a few um nevertheless <laughs> though he's a dedicated man yeah, marriage affairs, uh, drunk mm. driving, and uh, just all the classics of, of professional <laughs> sports stars. Uh, his nine—he's doing a nine-hole run. They bribe tonight. the local coppers with um, crystal goblets. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he must have easily a hundred crystal goblets. The guys made relentless amounts of eagles there. Uh, I don't know where he has. I mean, his trophy cabinet must be—you know—someone's. Uh, mid-sized house to be honest uh, he's just got them but... in the kitchen hasn't he just brings <laughs> them out maybe he uses them maybe he doesn't have a special cupboard yeah. for when when the for when the queen comes around he's just his everyday tableware he's, i mean i'd love to go if, if i was drinking out of crystal goblets i'd love to go to tiger's house um i wouldn't go out for an evening drive with him though so <laughs> He's playing tonight a nine-hole run, basically just to see if he's injury-free, he's going to be lining up. He's going to be alongside Louis Eustazen and Joaquin Neiman, uh, or Neiman rather. Uh, Louis Eustazen, always a good shout. He was leading the way last year for a couple of days. I mean, really leading the way until Hideki Matsuyama came through. Matsuyama is in the the, the trio that goes after Tiger Woods. He'll be following him around. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama's uh, lining up with Justin Thomas and as ever the amateur goes with the winner so James Piot or Piot is the amateur uh, Si I'm going to come to you but I just want to mention the best looking trio of the day Bryson DeChambeau, Cameron Smith and Paul Casey that is mm. an informed talented trio there's every chance the champion for this year could come from that group 
I don't know if you were talking aesthetically looking or whether you were talking when you said Bryson DeChambeau, I'm assuming he's talking about mm. golf ability. <laughs> well, I and mean, Cameron Smith's beautiful mullet. Mr. DeChambeau. Um, so uh, just going off what you said as well, Louis stays in a nice, cool 40 to 1 if you're yeah. betting. Um, and I know... You know, if the fun stop, stop. But at the same point, yeah, I mean, uh, Paddy Power putting, you know, 10 places on an each way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, who's tasting 40 to 1? That's a nice, nice slice of pie if you're uh, interested. He's brilliant. He always goes around there. And this is the thing with, with betting. Betting is, is ingrained in sports. And it's, it's important to talk about it, you know. Uh, I'm not necessarily going to promote it wildly because they make enough money, but. Um, you know, if you're going to put a pound on the Grand National this weekend, put a pound on the um, on the Masters. It's better than putting two pound on the lottery, in, in my eyes. You know, uh, so definitely worth a punt. The current champion, of course, Hideki Matsuyama, every chance to go again. Um, although it's it's obviously rare to see back to back winners. Last year he got over two million dollars for winning. They're expecting another two million plus this year. Uh, the first edition, 1934. $1,500 would have bought you uh, 50 houses back then, so not too bad. Um, I'm going to have a quick run. You said 40 to 1 for uh, for Oosthuizen in the South African. John Rahm, favourite, 11 to 1. Justin Thomas, 12 to 1. They're amazing each way bets. Mm. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, Dustin Johnson there. Victor Hovland, the young lad, is going to be very strong. Tiger Woods sitting at 40 to 1. But Benny's two bets, just to, uh, you know, leave you with a couple of tips or tips to avoid, uh, Sai. That's Tommy <laughs> Fleetwood or mm. Sungjae Im for me. I Tommy Fleetwood is, I've bet on him in so many different tournaments and he's always, always let me down. I cannot, I can't bet on Tommy Fleetwood. Um, but John Rahm, I know it's it's cop out to go um, for the favourite. And, you know, I'm out a little bit with my golfing form chart right now. But John Rahm, what a player. Big game player. Can get on those streaky runs to, you know, really shoot up a table quickly. So, yeah, got to be a, a good shout for a top 10 finish easily. Yeah, I mean, I would support everyone saving their money for the energy prices right now. Um, you're going to need all the money you can save in the UK at the moment. Um, but if you have a spare pound, uh, go and have some fun. Yeah, and it's a, a top energy saving tip. Uh, do you know what? I'm not. Uh, do you know what? I'm not even going to make a joke of it. It's a shit situation for many. So yeah, save your cash and uh, and use it on energy and but food. Now, what was the energy saving tip? Now I was going to say, put your headphones on and listen to this to keep your ears warm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, it, it just it just doesn't feel right making. No, it was not on, very good. Man. <laughs> <laughs> It's a yeah, it's a shoddy situation for terrible, me. Terrible, terrible. All right. Um thank you, Ben. Let's move on then. So yeah, you've got the masters coming up. Let's move into what our highlights of the week ahead in the sport are looking like then. Ben, let's stick with you, because that's you've got the masters on your list as well. So uh what else you got for us? Dan, no, me and Sai appreciate you're on holiday. We appreciate you're preparing for the marathon, taking a week off or the whole of Easter off or whatever you do. Um, but you didn't even plug our own show. You didn't plug shut down no. cover. Where do people go, Dan? I mean, what, what is your job today? I mean, I've said it a number of times. You probably <laughs> just weren't listening. They can find us on Twitter or Instagram at WednesdayPod on either. See, that's the voice you usually come with. I mean, you've had too many wines <laughs> today. You're relaxing there. I've had zero wine. Maybe that's the problem. 
Wow. Okay. Well, maybe the cold weather's getting to you in the north of the country. <laughs> Do you know what? I think it's warmer up here. It well, feels maybe warmer. That's the, maybe that's the log fire you're sat next to <laughs> in your own butler cabin. Uh, yeah. Let's 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 get straight into horse racing. Uh, another, obviously, of the bookies' betting favourites. Um, but uh, I think an event that's ingrained in in UK history, sporting history. I like the Grand National. I've always been a fan of it. It's always given me a good excitement over a weekend. Um, there's certainly reasons not to run the Grand National. Um, there's, there's certainly problems with the event, uh, but it's not perfect. But um, it gave an Im- incredible story last year, and it's going to give a couple more stories this year, I'm sure. Veteran Chaser Black Lion is going to be lining up for his final crack at the Grand National. Uh, Black Lion, um, wonderful horse, great heritage. Uh, but he's got a going to have a tricky uh, run. The incredible Rachel Blackmore is going to be on board. Minella Times, the horse who gave her the first win last year. The, uh, the horse will carry an extra £21. If you didn't know, the Grand National is a handicap event, so weight is added to previous good runners. £21 is a lot of weight, mm. um, but she's still up there. 14-1 uh, to 1, Minella Times, so well worth a punt. A few favourites, any second now, Snow Leopardess and Delta Work. You probably heard those names last year. Uh, but my pick, again, I'm going to give you another pick. And then that's it. I won't talk about betting ever again. Uh, Burrow <laughs> Until Saint. next week. Until next week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Burrow Saint, 25 to 1. I put £1 on. I shall win £25 if it goes in. If not... Um, as a pound down the drain. Uh, but yeah, it's a Willie Mullins horse who won the 2019 Irish National Borough Saint Si. I like it. I I mean, I, I'm just going to go... I bet too often against Rachel Blackmore and she's always destroyed me. She's amazing. So I, I, I don't know if I can bring myself to bet against her anymore. Yeah, I, I, just, I just think the weight will be a handicap yeah. this year. I don't think Manila Times will take it back to back. It'd be amazing... Mm. Amazing if Rachel Blackmore does. Um, she is changing the uh, horse racing and jockey world. Manila Times is fantastic. Amazing duo. Uh, there's going to be a packed crowd there. We saw at, at um, the Gold Cup at Cheltenham how busy it was. And Rachel Blackmore got to you know got the Gold Cup victory and got to celebrate with the fans. He, you know, he'd be crazy to bet against her. Uh, but there's... Um, uh, there's loads of loads of options, and hopefully it's a good event, and hopefully all the horses get through unscathed. Yeah. All right, Ben, keep them coming thick and fast. What are your highlights? Yes, yeah, so you've got is... you've got the big one. So I'm guessing while Klopp's still with you, um, these games are going to be the big ones. But um, in a few years' time, they may just be the tortuous ones. Yeah, but basically, this is I said, uh, you know, preamble pre-show that. Uh, this is the this is the weekend of the year for me, or at least one of them. I've always been a massive fan of the first weekend in April or there or thereabouts. Um, you've usually got a GP landing the same weekend as the Masters, landing the same weekend as the Grand National. And then this year, you've also got to chuck into that. One of the great Premier League games, or could be one of the great Premier League matchups for many years, Sunday 10th of April, get that in your diaries. Uh, what a match, Liverpool versus Manchester City. The two best teams in England, without a shadow of a doubt, um, are going head-to-head. And the winner will probably win the Premier League. It's, it's as simple as that. Uh, separated by only a point, 10 games to go. Both teams don't look like losing many games. 
things could happen. I mean, you know, one or the other could win the game and, and draw a next. And, and so it's not a guarantee, um, but I'm already nervous for this one. And uh, interestingly, both teams are in action tonight. Both teams have won. City have won one at home against Atletico Madrid and uh, Liverpool have won 3-1 away at Benfica. So both teams going into it with a couple of players that they moved squads around, didn't fully rest teams because they had to still get through. They're in the thick end of all these tournaments now, Liverpool and Manchester City. And in effect, games against each other may decide not only the Premier League, but also the Champions League side. Um, so did you say it was, is it at City or at, in Liverpool? Yeah, the Etihad. It is at the Etihad. Absolutely. Advantage Ooh. Guardiola. Hmm. I'm just, I don't know, man. I just got a sneaky feeling um, that Liverpool are going to pull it out. They've got the big, you know, big game mentality. Uh, they need to win. Let's be honest, a draw really doesn't help them. They they need to win this game, realistically. Um, so, yeah, I think Liverpool just going to sneak it. I just... I just feel that City just have that little rick in them. And I could be wrong, and City could play you off the park at the weekend, and it's 5-0, and you're crying, and you know your Masters bets haven't come off, and the Grand National didn't go very well for you. It's just a horrible start to April. But at the same point, yeah, um, I just got a good feeling about Liverpool this weekend. Yeah, I have. And it, it sort of all coincides with the sport this weekend, that uh, 6 a.m. Australian Grand Prix or 6 or 7 a.m. Like you, you start the day with a coffee and one of the best um, Grand Prix tracks on the circuit. I absolutely love Albert Park over in Melbourne. Um, and then you sort of ease into your Sunday football in the early afternoon and then the actual Masters run in, hopefully some playoff holes. Um, you know, if only you put NFL on in the evening as well. Maybe they should bring the NFL season forward to uh, to to make me happy, Sai. I think I think they really need to think about it. They should. Um, well, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the Australian Grand Prix, Ben, because I'm hopefully going to be able to catch actually a fair chunk of it before heading off to the start line in Brighton for my uh, marathon attempt. Um, Simon, Ben mentioned the NFL there briefly. Mm. Uh, you've got the NFL draft coming up, which you've uh, which you've mentioned before, suggesting you're a little bit excited. Well, um, the reason is it's not for a little while. So the, the reason is it's just reminded me as we was to, uh, as we were talking today. Um, first of all, plug my other podcast, Shutdown Coverage, Shutdown Cover on Twitter. Um, so uh, we we release every Thursday. Um, but main thing is uh, is to talk to Ben here. So um, Ed and I have been mulling over some ideas literally today about what we were likely to do in the lead up to the draft, which is obviously at the end of the month. And Ben, we were thinking about trying to do a live mock draft, and we'd like you to be our third person, the uh, the linchpin of our threesome for the event. Be awkward so, if he said no now. What oh, uh, live on <laughs> air? Live. What? Um, why? Why would you pick me over Dan to start of interest? Is it because of my superior sporting knowledge or general I mean, podcasting prowess? We all know that Dan love sport equally and as a as a host of a sporting podcast religiously watches <laughs> and and reads up on every sport under the sun scooter but, racing yeah he yes. brought scooter racing to the table tonight yeah. si. he knows racing. more about scooter <laughs> racing than he knows about nba or nfl um but yeah ultimately yeah ben i, I would like you to be a part of it so um you know, this is the equivalent of getting down on one knee and proposing to someone in um, in some sort of fancy restaurant. So uh, 
Ben, the ball's in your court, my friend. Absolutely. Live on air, we're making a deal. This is a NFL-style transaction uh, <laughs> that's going on right now. I'm signing on. Do I get a guaranteed signing bonus or guaranteed money in case I um, commit any crimes? I, I think, Ben, I think you misunderstand. I'm not drafting you to a football team. Oh. Unfortunately, I don't have... Don't have that power. I don't think you're going to be playing quarterback for the Giants or anything. But um, yeah, uh, I, I'll, I'll promise you whatever you need, whatever you need. Uh, I just listen, won't follow through. Ab- absolutely amazing. I, I need go. only what a beautiful green moment, folks. M&Ms in the uh, in my room. I mean, yeah, I can't right. wait. Super excited. Wow, Excellent. there we go. And where will when will that happen, Sai? Um, so obviously we're thrashing out the um, the, uh, the thoughts about it, but it would probably happen uh, towards the end of the month. So the draft will be, uh, bear with me, let me have a little look. That will be the 28th will be the draft. So it might likely be maybe the 26th, 27th, something along those, yeah. or maybe at the weekend. Uh, yeah, yet to thrash out the details, but I thought I'd get you involved. And what is better than pressuring you live on air? Absolutely. I mean, last year I made a fool of myself by calling Christian Barmore a, I don't know, I think a quarterback or something. Um, so <laughs> maybe I'll make another mistake this year and it'll be fun. He was uh, good but, and that's all that matters. Yeah, he was. And we that's got him. Uh, but listen, I'll be guided through by the legendary team of shutdown coverage. So uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Brilliant. There we go. How exciting. Oh, it's beautiful. All right. Well, that brings us rather warmly towards the end of this week's show. Um, uh, thank you so much for joining us on this last Wednesday of the week uh, all that's left to say is I've been Dan I've been Simon and I've been Dan until next last Wednesday of the week be kind bye bye bye